So if you have your Bibles tonight, you can open them to Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I spoke on Friday at Grace, and I spoke on this passage, and something jumped out at me that I haven't been able to shake all week, and so I just want to go back and revisit it and, and, and talk a little bit more about it. Luke chapter 2. I'll begin reading in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go down to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Then they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. This is what I want you to see. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Leslie, can I just get you to pull up uh, that passage in blue letter and check that word. Um, uh, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing. Verse 15, tell me what the word thing is there. So would you just pray with me? I'd like to talk to you tonight about the subject of pondering. Uh, but let's just pray before we begin. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for your faithfulness, for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you that we can rely on you. Thank you that we can trust in you. Thank you that you will uh, indeed perfect everything that concerns us. And now, Lord, I pray that as we open up your word to study, that you would bring the revelation, that you would illuminate your word, that you would teach us and instruct us and guide us into all truth. Lord, I want to hear from you. I, 
I want to preach you better. I want to know you better. And I pray, Father, that you would just anoint me with power from on high and that I would declare your word fearlessly and boldly and that people would get a revelation of who you truly are, um, that they would understand your word at a new level, Lord God, and be able to apply it to their life and truly experience change because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to look for a moment at verse 19. Do you have it? Do you just love the Word of God? I studied this passage for the last two weeks, and I'm reading it to you, and he just downloads something to me that I hadn't seen the entire time I was studying. Do you just not love how alive and powerful? That, that just took my breath away, so we'll come back to it. Um, but Mary kept all these things, verse 19, and pondered them in her heart. I want to look in detail at this, this one verse because three times the word of God tells us at different times in, in Jesus' life that Mary pondered uh, what was happening. And, and so that word ponder is important to me. But, but here verse 19 says Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I, I Try to stay with me tonight. I'm going to give you a lot of Greek definitions but they're going to be important. So try to pay attention so that you can grasp them. That word kept, Mary kept, it means to preserve a thing from, being, from perishing, to preserve a thing from being lost, to keep safe, to keep one's within oneself, to keep in mind lest it be forgotten. That's my favorite, to keep in mind lest it be forgotten, to mentally remember and obey to conserve from ruin, here's my favorite, to treasure up. It's from the idea of putting money in a treasury. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What, what things did she keep? That, that word keep is a compound word. It, it means it comes from two words, one meaning with and the other to guard from injury or loss. To My favorite, to detain in custody, to detain in custody. My, my son Tyler is a police officer, and when he detains somebody and takes them into custody, there's no getting free. He puts them in a prison or in a jail cell, and they are stuck there until they're released from custody. Mary kept these things. She detained them. She put them in custody in her mind. Is that so good? You see, the angel Gabriel had come to her months earlier and said, you're going to be with child. It's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Lord is going to do this thing. And it was a promise that seemed to be after 400 years of silence, heaven was speaking again. And they speak to a 13-year-old girl about this miraculous uh, conception conception of a child conceived by the Holy Spirit. It was unheard of. It was impossible as far as she was concerned. And yet that word that had been spoken to her from God, she kept, she preserved, she kept it in custody in her mind. She thought on it. She pondered on it. She kept it there safe so that it wouldn't be snatched away. Oh, church, I'm just going to tell you that that's what we've got to start doing with the word of God. When God speaks a word into our life, we have to keep it in custody. And when all hell comes at it, when our circumstances try to counter it, we have to say, no, that word is going to stay in custody in my mind because it's powerful. His word never returns void and I'm going to stand on it and I'm going to believe it. We have to keep it in custody. We have to preserve it. 
We have to treasure it up. It means to deposit it into a treasury. But when I get some money, I take it to Waukesha State Bank and I deposit it into my bank account. And I hope my bank account grows. Are you with me? I put it in a safe place to guard it. <laughs> she kept these things that God had spoken to her. She kept them. She stored them up in a treasury. The, the word of God says we need to hide the word of God in our heart. How many of you know that scripture? That, that, to hide the word of God. Do you know that that word hide is to treasure it? It's to deposit the word of God into a treasury in our heart. To make a deposit of God's word daily. You see, you cannot do what Mary did if you're not in the word of God. We want to do this, but we don't want to be in the word of God. I am in the word of God every single day. Every morning I'm up at the crack of dawn, which is probably why I'm sick right now. I'm at the crack of dawn. Everybody else in my house is sleeping and I am at the desk with the word of God making a deposit into my treasury. You can't do what Mary did if you're not in the Word. Sunday morning is not going to do it for you. Monday night is not going to do it for you. You have to store up the Word of God richly within you. You have to hide His Word in you. You have to put that Word in the treasury of your heart. You have to take it into custody and not let the enemy snatch it away from you. And then we need to do what that word kept means to mentally remember and then obey it. There are three types of people in the story that I just read you. The shepherds who heard about Jesus and they went and told everybody. Then you have the, the people who heard and they marveled. They, they wondered at the incredible thing that had just taken place. To wonder, to marvel, to be in admiration it means. So you have the shepherds who heard and told, but it really didn't make that big a difference in their life. And then you had the people who heard and they marveled. They held it in admiration, but it really didn't make much difference in your life, in their life. And then there was Mary who heard God's word and she deposited it into her heart and her mind and she pondered it over and over and over and it dramatically changed her life and she ended up birthing Something that God had deposited in her, a promise that God had deposited in her. God has a promise that he wants to deposit in you. He wants to make you pregnant with his promises so that you can bring those forth, but they are conceived only by the Holy Spirit. And so as we sit in his presence, as we meditate on his word, he will put a seed of his word inside of you, but you have got to plant it and he will water it and he will bring forth a miracle. He will bring forth as, uh, the, that promise that he planted inside of you and it will radically change your life. Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. That word pondered is an interesting word. Um, it, it means to throw together. It's, it's a, a, a compound word. It means sun, which is together, and balo, which means to throw or to cast. So to throw together. Uh, it, it means placing together or bringing together for comparing and weighing the facts. Bringing together for comparing or weighing the facts. It means to put pieces together like a puzzle. 
Mary kept these things. She deposited them into her treasury and pondered them. She put them together like a puzzle piece. You see, there are just some things in my life that I don't understand. Anybody besides me? There are some things that God allows to happen in my life that I'm like, what was that, Lord? I don't understand that. And it could make me bitter or it could make me better, but I have the choice. And there are things that, that have happened that I've gone through in my life that I did not understand, and I'm like, not fair, God. Where are you and what are you doing there, Lord? And sometimes, I'm ashamed to say, sometimes in my life, I got angry with God. And I was like, if that's what serving you is all about, I don't know if I want to serve you. If you're going to allow something like that in my life, then, then, then I'm pretty ticked off, Lord. But you see what Mary did? The news that Mary had received from that angel was about to radically uproot her life. We have heard this story so many times that we play it down, and we don't understand what 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 the, 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 the um, repercussions of this news was going to mean for Mary, a 13-year-old girl who was betrothed, engaged to be married in a society that valued purity. The betrothal period was a time to test faithfulness. <laughs> now Mary, 13-year-old girl, uh, the angel of the Lord, now after 400 years of silence. See, this is what people forget. Up until this point, God had not spoken for 400 years. There had been no word through his prophets. There had been no word uh, from heaven at all. Heaven was silent. 400 years of silence. And now all of a sudden, this 13-year-old girl is going to go home to her husband-to-be and her mother and father and say, guess what? This angel appeared to me and said that I'm going to be pregnant, and I'm going to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I'm not even going to get pregnant the natural way. It's going to happen through the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, I know that sounds crazy because God hasn't spoken for 400 years, but he spoke to me. We don't understand that. We don't understand the drastic repercussions. Her whole, um, her whole uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, reputation was at risk here. She was at risk to losing everything. Her parents, her, her, her husband-to-be, who was really considered her husband, the only way that he could, he could deal with her would be to divorce her. That's how real the betrothal period was. She was losing what, what her community would think about her. She, and uh, from all appearances, she was pregnant outside of wedlock. She had committed adultery, probably is what they were thinking. After 400 years of silence, you really think people are going to believe that, that an angel appeared to her and that she was supernaturally impregnated by the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. And so here was this young lady who is pondering she had, that the word of God said she was going to have a baby and it was going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and she was to fear not and she deposited that word in the treasury of her heart and she was pondering it, pondering it. She, she was playing it over and over in her mind. She was putting the pieces together. <coughs> She was throwing them all together and putting the pieces. Lord, I don't understand what you're doing here. My whole life is going to be uprooted. But, but, but one of the things she said to the Lord is, 
may it be to me according to your word. No matter what this is going to cost me, no matter how difficult this is going to be, may it be to me according to your word, because more than I want my comfort, I want to do your will, Lord. She pondered. God spoke those things to her through the angel Gabriel, and she pondered them. She deposited his word in her life, and then she used that word to put the pieces together. She, 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 she can, the word ponder can also mean, get this, it can also mean to carry on a discussion to draw conclusions about a certain matter. It means to reflect deeply on a subject, to give thorough and deep consideration to the things. She took what the angel of the Lord spoke to her from God, and she deposited it in her treasury, and then she thought deeply about it. She conferred with herself, Mary, don't let your, don't let your emotions get out of control here, because God said this. If God said it, he, he, he means it, and it's going to come to pass. Mary, no matter how difficult it's right now, you need to reflect on God's promises to you. You need to, 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 to talk to yourself. She did some soul talking with that word. You see, some of you are conferring to yourself about what Susie down the street said, to, said about you rather than what God says about you. And you need to deposit God's word inside of you. And you need to confer with yourself about God's word. You need to put the puzzle pieces of your life together about what God says about you instead of what Susie down the street says about you. It speaks of Mary pondering what God has said to her and giving careful thought to them, thinking seriously. It's very, very similar to meditating. She's tossing the word of God around in her mind and ruminating on it, but it's in the imperfect tense. It, it means that, that, that it's an ongoing, repeated, continual action on Mary's part. She never stopped pondering what God said to her. Do you know when I get in trouble in my life? When I stop pondering what God says and I start pondering what somebody else said. That's when I get in trouble. This is in the imperfect tense. It means Mary's um, pattern was it was an ongoing, continual thing that she was pondering on God's word for her. They were never far from her her thoughts. She was constantly asking herself uh, what God is doing and, and, and what's he doing in me and through me and how can I join him in that. She didn't discount his word. She pondered it. Can I just ask you, what is God saying to you? The reason I opened up the way I opened up tonight is a prophetic word, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge is God's word to you. And I wanted to give you a taste of, of what it could be like. God could speak to you in his word. He can use gifts of the spirit to speak to you. But what is God saying to you? How many of you have had a now word, a ready word, a word that's fresh that God has spoken to you, deposited in your treasury and begin to ponder it? If you come into my house at any given moment, you'll find on my phone or on my the, the door leading out to my garage, usually on my dashboard of my car, sometimes on my bathroom window, my bathroom mirror, you will see scripture somewhere around my house that I am meditating on, that I am chewing on, that I am pondering over and over and over because that's what I do. I deposit it in my treasury. You, you, you can't hear from God. Where we hear from God is right here in his word. See, we like this that I did tonight. Everybody wants a prophetic word. Everybody wants a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. <laughs> but very few people 
are willing to go to this word to hear from God. God still speaks, and he speaks right here in this word. And when you take the seed of God's word and you plant it in the treasury of your heart, you keep it, you uh, treasure it. I'm hanging on to that word, Lord. Then the Holy Spirit, as you ponder it, as you think on it, the Holy Spirit can bring enlightenment and you can begin to piece the puzzle pieces together. Do you see how that works? Mary kept his word and pondered. pondered. The CEB translation says, Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. Are you committing his word to memory? Are you considering it carefully? We have a responsibility to take what God is saying and plant it in his heart so he can water it and bring forth a harvest. Mary pondered God's word. She reflected deeply on his plan for her life. It's interesting that it says Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That word thing is very interesting. It's rhema. I, I talked to you briefly uh, about that last week. There are two words for, for word in, in the Greek. One is logos and one is rhema. Logos is the, the written word of God. It's the inspired word of God. In the beginning was the word, was the logos. Uh, it, it is Jesus who is the living word. But, but it is this written word right here. When you pick up your Bible, it's the logos. But when you take that, that Bible and you deposit it in the treasury of your heart and the Holy Spirit brings revelation and understanding, then it becomes rhema. It, rhema is when the word is spoken to you by God. It's an utterance. It's a specific word of God, whereas logos is the entire word of God. A rhema is a verse or portion of scripture that the Holy Spirit illuminates and brings to our attention with an application for a, a current situation or for direction. It is the Holy Spirit who illuminates scripture. And, and, and when that happens, it just leaps off the page and it gets so deeply embedded into you that nothing can steal that rhema word from you. It's an activated word. That's my favorite definition of rhema. It's when the word of God gets activated within you. And see, so many of us don't stay with the word of God long enough to get activated. I'm going to step on somebody's toes. I know I am, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to. But, but your 10-minute devotional that you read in the morning is not enough to get you activated. That's somebody else's rhema that you're reading. God wants you in his word, getting a now word, a ready word that he can activate within you. And our job is to keep to put it in the treasury, just like I deposit my money into Waukesha State Bank, we need to deposit God's word within us and treasure it. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I'm depositing, I'm hiding his word in my heart. And then I'm going to begin to ponder it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it in custody because the enemy comes to snatch it away. I'm going to keep it in custody and protect it and guard it. <laughs> because I, you know what else? It's not just the enemy who tries to snatch it away. Do you know what else snatches it away? 
busyness, other thoughts, negative thoughts that counter that word, concerns and worries, that drowns out that word as well. And we need to guard, that's what Mary kept, she guarded, she held it in custody. And then to begin to ponder that word in our life until the rhema comes. It's in the pondering that the rhema comes. Do you see that? It gets activated. I want to just look at a couple verses so that you can better understand this, this word rhema. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, this is Jesus, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Guess what that word, word is? Rhema. Man shall not live by bread alone. We don't find our sustenance in bread alone. We, we live by every word, every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I want you to notice two things there. Number one, it's a rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's a stipulation there. This rhema has to come from the mouth of God, okay? We're going to come back to that later. But, but I, I want you to see that, that, that we live not by, let's just read these Logos words on the page. No, we live by the rhema. We get excitement, we get, we get to thrive, we get, uh, we get the, um, the fullness of life when we get revelation and rhema words from God. The next scripture I want you to see is um, uh, John 6, 63. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Um, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That word, words, the words, the rhema I speak to you, they are spirit and they're life. The rhema, when it's a rhema word, that people will say to me, Rhea, how do you read the word of God? Because I read it and it's boring. It's because you're not getting the rhema. Here, here's my dilemma. How many people are here tonight? I don't know, what, 100? <laughs> 20 of you will leave saying, wow, that was a good word. The other 80 will be like, eh, she talked too much tonight. It went on way too long. And do you know what the difference is? The 20 who are blessed got the rhema. The 80 who left bored just heard the logos. I am sowing. The sower goes out to sow seeds. Do you know what that word is? Logos. I am sowing the logos. I can't give you rhema. I am sowing the Logos. And so if you leave here and you're not blessed, it's because you didn't get the rhema. You didn't allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you and give you the revelation of what I was teaching. I believe my three-year-old grandson could up here, get up here and teach and you all could be blessed because it's not about the, this, it's not about the sower. It's about the rhema or the Logos. And so it's what you're pondering in your heart. So um, he says the words that I speak to you, they're spirit, and they'll bring you life. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Do you know why we don't have faith in the promises of God? Because we haven't gotten the rhema. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema of God. When you get a rhema, you will begin to have faith in it. When my son, when my stepson was, uh, was a, an alcoholic and, and, and cirrhosis of the liver, they said he cut his life in half, he wouldn't live very long. I got a rhema. 
that my sons will be taught by the Lord and great will my children's peace be. And I hung on to that rhema with every ounce of my being. I declared it over every situation. Every time discouragement would come, I would say, "Uh uh-uh, my sons will be taught by the Lord and great will their peace be. And so I am so thankful, Lord, that that boy is going to be taught by the Lord and great is his peace going to be. The offspring of the righteous are blessed and they are mighty in the land. That boy is going to be mighty in the land and and he is going to be blessed. Can I tell you, the the end of that story is he does not have any trace of cirrhosis of the liver. He has never taken another drink after that day, and he is is healthier than an ox. And I'm telling you, when you get the rhema, faith comes with it. I got faith that said, I don't care what he's doing. I don't care if he's drunk as a skunk. He will be taught by the Lord, and great will his peace be. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the rhema of God. Uh, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Ephesians 6, 17. Guess what the Word of God is there? Rama. You cannot fight. You can't battle. What I did with, with our son Danny, I could not battle unless my sword needed to be sharp. And my sword isn't sharp unless I have a rhema to hold on to. And I got a rhema, the Word of God, the, the sword, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, the rhema of God. Your sword will not be sharp until you get a rhema. When I was a little girl growing up in my little rural uh, country church and I had Anna Bickhart, incredible woman of God, uh, every Sunday we would have sword drills and we would have to uh, quote scripture to her. And she called them sword sharpeners. And we'd have to sharpen our sword by memorizing scripture. See, Anna Mae knew (laughs) that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And she was going to sharpen our swords with depositing that word of God in our treasury so that we would ponder it throughout our life and eventually a rhema would come. Do you see it? Uh, The angel of the Lord turned back to um, chapter 1 of Luke verse 37 the angel of the Lord came to, to, to um, Mary, thank you, and said, the highest will overshadow you, <coughs> and you're going to have a child conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then she, he says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. That word nothing is no thing, no rhema. No rhema is impossible with God. Do do you see it? It it isn't that no logos. See, that's why some of you are holding on to a word of God and it's just simply logos for you. He wants it to be rhema. He wants to get it deep down in your spirit so that nothing can shake you. It is no rhema that becomes impossible for God. Nothing, no rhema is going to be impossible for God. He will fulfill the word he spoke to you. He said, Mary, you're going to get pregnant as a 13-year-old by the Holy Spirit. That was impossible. That was crazy thinking. But you see, she got a rhema. She deposited that word in her heart. She began to ponder and meditate on it, to put the pieces together, and then suddenly she got the rhema. Therefore, no rhema is impossible for God. That's why she could birth Jesus, because she got a hold of the word of God. She came into agreement with it, and look what happened. You see, some of you need to let him conceive something in you. You need to let him deposit the seed of his word, conceive it in your heart, and bring about the rhema, and then you're going to realize that nothing's impossible for God.
That thing is not impossible for God. So what almost took my breath away when I said to Leslie, look up the word, now let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. Guess what the word thing is there? This is the shepherd saying, we just got a rhema that there was a Messiah born in Bethlehem and we're headed there for him. Do you just love the word of God? I studied that for the last two weeks. I never saw that. This thing. Let us go see this thing. So it works both ways, though. Turn over to, and I bet I didn't write it down. Yes, Matthew 12, 36. Matthew 12, 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account on the day of judgment. That word idle means unfruitful, worthless, useless, means thoughtless or profitless. It means lazy or shunning the labor which one ought to perform. <laughs> Man will have to give account for every idle word. Guess what the word word is? Rhema. Means that which is uttered by a living voice, and Lord, help me to teach this like you showed me. It means a thing that's spoken, any word, a series of words joined together into a sentence. You see, the problem is, rhema isn't only spoken by the Holy Spirit. Anyone could be doing the speaking. It's what you deposit into your treasury, Jesus. It's what you ponder, See, some of you are in trouble tonight because you're pondering an idle, useless, unprofitable word that you deposited or it got deposited. You did not guard your treasury and that unprofitable word, that useless word, got deposited into you. And now you wonder why you don't have life because he says, my word, my rhema, Man shall not live by bread alone. Remember I said to you, make sure you note that it, that it as a condition. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that's what makes us live. <laughs> Words that proceed from the mouth of God. Some of you are sitting here tonight surrounded by death and despair and depression and hopelessness, and it's because your treasury even as a little boy or a little girl, got an unprofitable word, an idle word, deposited in you. And it became rhema. I'll give you an example. The first time my mother told me I wouldn't amount to anything, I don't think I believed her. I think I actually discounted it. But it was after, remember, bala, throw, it was after it got, so, diabolos. Remember I told you the word for devil is diabolos, one who comes alongside throwing, balo, throw. Sun balo. Remember I went over that word, ponder, to throw together. Are you following me? Am I, am I losing you? So if the devil is the one who comes alongside to balo, to throw until he gets penetration in your mind, and if the word pal, uh, ponder is sanbalo, 
means to throw with, to throw together, to piece together. <laughs> Jesus. So if instead of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God that gets thrown and deposited in us, instead we get the idle, careless, unprofitable word that gets thrown and deposited in us and gets penetration into our minds, into our hearts, into our spirits, is there any wonder that we're sitting here in depression and despair and hopelessness? Is there any wonder that our only hope is to drug it up, drink it up, or do whatever it is, sex it up, till we stop feeling because those words are so powerful, because the word has power. Any word has power. The God spoke and the whole universe came into being. The Bible says that words have the power of life and death. So when we get a rhema word, you see, the, the, I didn't believe the first time my mom said I wouldn't amount to anything. It was after she pounded it and threw it over and over and over that it eventually got penetration. And then I started really getting rhema that, hey, maybe I may not amount to anything. Aha, it was the aha moment that, oh, my mom said that. It must be truth. And so that is then what drove my life, and I came into agreement with it. Do you see why we have to guard our hearts? Mary said, this has the potential to uproot my whole life, but I am not, I'm taking my mind off that, and I'm going to put my mind on the truth of God's promise to me, and I'm going to ponder it till the pieces come together and I get the rhema. Isaiah says, do not forget the former things or ponder the things of the past. I think he says that because of the idle words, the idle rhemas that have gotten deposited in us. We can't remember them. We can't ponder them. It's interesting, right before the word that says that that we have to give account for every idle word that's spoken. The, the, the verse that comes right before it is, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account. So do you see that? A good man brings forth good treasure no, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. What does the word kept mean? To keep in a treasury. So the word that I deposit in my treasury, in my heart, what I treasure, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth good things. So I, I deposit God's word into my treasury. Mary kept, deposited, treasured. God's word, I ponder it, and out of the abundance of my heart, out of the abundance of my treasury, my mouth will speak. A good man brings forth good things out of the good treasure of his heart. But an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth, good, uh, brings forth evil things. And then he says, but I say to you, every idle word, every idle rhema is going to, you have to bring into account. And that word account, am I just really blown, am I like losing you? Because um, I want you to get this because I, I think it's powerful. 
but, but I want you to see that that word account is fascinating. The, the word account means it's always used as respect to the mind. It's the mental fac faculty of thinking, meditating, reasoning, and cal calculating. It means reckoning. So for every idle, idle rhema we cherish, there'll be a day of reckoning. Uh, that word reckoning, I looked it up in, the, in the, the dictionary. It means the action or process of calculating or estimating something. Every idle word, there'll be a day of reckoning, a day of account. We'll have to give account for that. So what did I say to you about my mom? Follow, she threw those words. They eventually got penetration. I let it get deposited into the treasury in my heart and my mind. I began to ponder it. I got a rhema that maybe I was not worth anything, would never amount to anything. And then the day of reckoning came where the estimation of my life was taken from that rhema. Do you see it? Versus my son, who <laughs> I deposited it into my treasury, the word of God. I began to ponder that word. I put the pieces together. And the, the reckoning, the estimation says, he will be taught by the Lord. Great will his peace be. The offspring of the righteous, is, he's blessed and he's mighty in the land. Do you see the difference in the estimation based on what I've deposited into my treasury? But we get to choose. We get to choose what we're going to ponder, what we're going to, to meditate on, what we're going to turn our minds to, either the worthless words or the words that bring life. Let me ask you in conclusion. What's the last word the Lord spoke to you? What promise do you feel like the Lord has deposited into you? What have you recently heard him say during your quiet time? Maybe somebody even prophetically spoke over you. Um, Mari, tonight you heard your fire starter. Tonight you heard that, that, that scripture coming from Song of Solomon. If I were you, I'd get into the Song of Solomon scripture. I'd begin to tear that apart because that was God's word to you. I, I'd want to know more about that. So, so what are we meditating on? What are we pondering? Weigh those things carefully. Ask God to put the puzzle pieces together for you. I, I believe just like he birthed the Savior through Mary, he will birth something through you with his word. And, and for some of you, it might seem impossible. Whatever you're believing God for, whatever you're holding on to, it might seem impossible. I think it did for Mary too. But she chose in the face of impossibility to say, I will choose to believe God's word. We have a choice. We have a choice. But we get to choose what we're going to ponder on. We get to choose that. Just because somebody tried to deposit an idle word into you does not mean you have to allow that word to have power in your life. You can override it with the truth of God's word. You can ask God to give you a rhema uh, about what he, th what he says about you, what his word says about you. I know that I just gave way too much information. I've been chewing on this for two weeks, so um, I understand that it's a lot to, to grasp. But I, I wonder if, if you have any questions or if I can give clarity in any way uh, for you before we end. I want to make sure you get this because I think this is a life-changing principle. I'm sorry, Karen. It is like sowing and reaping, yeah. So what you plant, you're going to reap. And so you can choose to keep planting those idle words and careless words. And 
unprofitable words. And see, what we have to settle in our mind is that God's word, it may not have come through the angel Gabriel to us, but it's, it's in that book, and it's his word to us. And so we can take any of his word and hold it up to him and say, this is your word. And, and there's a scripture that says he, um, what's the, Davy help me, he magnifies his word above his, his name. Is that it? Or he magnifies his name above his word. That's what it is. Um, but he takes his word seriously. No word of God will be without fulfillment. No, no, uh, no rhema of God will be without fulfillment. So we can find a word and stand on it and say, I'm not moving here. I'm not going to move till I see the fulfillment of this word because his word is yea and amen for those who believe. It's yes. His answer is yes to his word. He just waits for the amen to come from us, the so be it to come from us. Any other uh, questions, comments? Yes, Jean. Well, when I use a devotional for, I guess my question really is, and I'm going round and round, is how do you know where to go when you study the word? Every That's a very morning? good question. And please don't hear me say, I would sooner have people do devotionals than not do anything at all. So there, there's nothing wrong with devotionals. Uh, don't 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 take me don't get me wrong. All I'm saying is, you're, the, when the Israelites went out to collect their um, sustenance in the morning uh, manna, they could only collect one day's worth, and then it would spoil. And um, I collect manna every morning. And and so when you read a devotional, you got somebody else's manna. That's what God told them. It's what God gave them. There's nothing wrong with that. It's better than not having a quiet time at all. Um, and, and so, but, but God wants to speak to you personally. And so, uh, you know, I would, I would say good place to start is always, you know, people say, well, I'm going to start at the beginning and read straight through. No, then you're going to get caught in Leviticus and you're, you're going to get messed up. Uh, so, you know, I, I, read a song, I read a proverb every day. There's 31 proverbs, so I read a, a proverb every day. I start back over, uh, you know, whatever the day is. I, I start every month. I read through the book of Proverbs. That's, that's a given every morning for me. Um, but I would read in the, you know, I'd read in the New Testament and just ask the Lord where to take you. James is always a good book to study. John is always a good book to study. And, and just ask him. I remember when I first married Dave, he would, he, Davey, I'm sorry, buddy. He has horrific, <laughs> horrific handwriting. I mean, horrific. And um, he would leave love notes all over my house. And I would be like, I would get them and I would be like, I can't read it. I have no idea what this says. I mean, it's really bad handwriting. And I'd be like, that's the sweetest note you ever left me. I just love it. Thank you so much for loving me. I loved it so much, buddy. And, and I'd be like, I have no idea what that says. And then one day he left me a note and I said, Davy, I love you so much. And I desperately want to know what this says and I can't read it. And he was like, oh, no big deal. It says this. And I thought, man, I would have missed that. All of those years of love notes that I couldn't read, if I had just said to him, I want to understand it. That's God. This is his love note to you right here. And he, he wants you to get it. He wants you to understand it. And, and so, but it is a supernatural book. And the Bible says that the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. And the natural man can't understand it. 
And anytime I hear somebody struggling with, with studying the word of God, I always know it's because they're going at it with their natural man because the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. And the natural man is never going to understand them. And so the first thing I do before I ever open this word is I say, Lord, this is your love story to me. This is your love note to me. I want to understand it. And it's a supernatural book. And I'm asking you, Lord, to give me supernatural understanding of your word. The Bible says that we don't even need a teacher, that the Holy Spirit will teach us. And so when I sit, I'll say, Lord, teach me. Uh, teach me. I want to hear from you. I want to learn from you. So, yeah, good question, Dee. Anybody else before we close? Yes, Masha. I, I don't know. I, I didn't, when I quoted it, I didn't look, but I think it's Gabriel thinking that. Uh, yeah. he's, he's talking to her about Elizabeth and about that, yeah, with God no rama shall be impossible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? He's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make me louder. Yeah. Um, what is the difference between karma and reaping what you sow? Because I don't, I try to explain that to a secular friend. Um, and it's like, well, um, there's no such thing as karma, but like, what's the difference? I think that the devil has a um, counterfeit for everything God has a reel of. And karma would be the devil's counterfeit. Um, and so karma is the way the world looks at it. But I would tell you it's reaping and sowing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're yeah, you're exactly right. I would say it's the same. That's the world's definition of karma is reaping and sowing. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Anybody else? Hey, let me pray for you before we close. Thank you that you let me not wear makeup and <laughs> come looking like death warmed over. <laughs> So, Father, we just thank you and we praise you for your goodness. Thank you for healing. Thank you for your word that it doesn't ever return void. And I pray, Lord, that this word that was sown tonight would be deposited deep into treasuries and that the people would ponder this word all week long and that you would put the pieces together that that they would use it to confer with themselves and, and Lord, that you would bring the rhema, that you would bring the revelation and that you truly would bring transformation. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I just want to revisit the confer with oneself. It really does mean to confer with oneself when you ponder. Some of you lay awake at bed at night and you confer with yourself. You meditate on junk, you think about things you shouldn't be thinking of, and I want you to remember that word when you, when you, next time that happens, you, we have a choice what we confer with ourselves about, we have a choice with what we meditate on, and so choose the words that will bring you life and not death. Have a wonderful